0: okay hello welcome to episode 262 of sack kings therapy uh we are coming to you a day after uh the timberwolves uh the second of the kings versus timberwolves game this time the kings came out with a victory 118 to 111 and uh i'll get into why um a little bit later why we're coming in a little bit late, but. Uh, with me is my co-host or actually co-guest at this point uh Fong, he is here yes hello so originally he was not even supposed to be here because he wasn't able to watch the game but and uh unfortunately for me i watched all the way until overtime and i had a bit of a had a bit of an emergency that i needed to turn off the game so i couldn't watch overtime but i did catch the tweets i did watch the highlights and oh my god it was i could not find a replay of uh of the game i even tried youtube tv to try and like get the replay i it it wouldn't let me so i don't i don't know if you've gone through this uh fong but like if any listeners like can answer the fat answer like how do i re-watch the game is it through League pass or is it through youtube tv do feel free to like send us a voicemail or uh or send us an email that's probably actually better like send us the emails. Like, like I don't know if I'm just being an idiot and just can't find the option, but I cannot find this game anywhere.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, didn't watch it. I would like to rewatch it in some ways, but I don't know. We're we're trying to find other ways to
0: watch it. And that's
1: what we're trying to say too.
0: Yeah, uh, it's been it's been a struggle. Like, if we don't watch it live, it t- we, we can't find a way to watch it a lot of the time, unfortunately. Um, but anyways, all right, so let, let's t- let's talk about the game. Uh, so the game started out, the Kings came out like they definitely were told by this coaching staff, you guys were soft. You guys did not play physical defense. You, they did not feel you at all. That's why D'Angelo Russell went off. That's why Anthony Edwards went off and this guy went off. Yeah. Well, guess what they did? They came out physical. Like they were, they were legitimately like bodying like the wolves coming out and they were just really, really physical. They basically like punked them a little bit and the wolves were rattled for the most part. Like they, they looked a little hesitant. They kind of got knocked off their spot. And one way you kind of noticed that D'Angelo Russell missed the first three free throws. Well, the only three free throws he took. It was like just so weird. They were rattled and it was good to see that the Kings like, They have that in them to be able to, you know, come out, come out and play with physicality, physicality. There we go.
1: Hmm. That's interesting, because to me, I mean, the Highways don't, you know, do us justice most of the time. I don't see the defensive end for the Kings. Well, you only see
0: when the Wolves score and they scored. They scored a little bit like apparently they the 17 points they scored that they held the Wolves down in the first quarter. The best uh, first quarter start in uh, the season for the Kings.
1: Oh, really? Yeah, I noticed the score. I was like, "Oh, wow, we're actually, you know, starting off hot for once." And uh, you know, the Wolves didn't really catch up towards until I believe, like, what the second, third quarter.
0: So uh, let, let's get into that. You say we we kind of got hot. Uh, we did not. Uh, unfortunately as you, <laughs> if you look the other side 24 points in the first quarter which is very very low for the Kings. they could not buy a three they were playing okay for the most part on offense De'Aaron Fox very aggressive coming out early like just instead of like constant being like passive like he normally is he was definitely told that hey that fourth quarter shit is cool and all you're gonna have to play better in the first three quarters and you got to be aggressive and that's exactly what he did and the offense I thought played pretty well. They just could not hit a three in the first half. One, I forgot what the exact number was. It was either one for 13 or one for 14 from three.
1: Oh, are, are you talking about us?
0: Yes, we're, we were that bad from three. Oh my gosh.
1: Yeah, I noticed. Uh, Kevin Herter, well, he didn't hit any. Same with Monk. I mean, the most it was Murray and then Fox and TD. Which uh, surprise? I'm surprised that TD actually uh, came out uh, off
0: the bench. TD, T- yeah, TD, yeah, TD got minutes, and I thought he was really good. Like you look at him plus sixteen, like throughout the game, he he definitely added a little bit of scoring punch that just was just needed for the game. And you know, I thought he was, I thought he was good. So um, the Kings just could not buy a bucket, and unfortunately, in the second quarter, like their defense like started to loosen up a little bit. And also, when you can't score, the deep like, when your offense isn't flowing, you know, the other team kind of gets transitioned, uh, a few more transition possessions, and then they score easily. That's basically how they got out to a pretty big lead. And then to start the third quarter, they the Kings went down 10, basically, immediately. I think either, like, 10 or 12. And it looked bad. But here's the thing about the Wolves. They're also a bad team. So... They basically just did really random dumb shit to let the Kings back into the game. And the, and they basically battled up until the very end. And it, um, De'Aaron misses the uh, game winner to, to basically send it to overtime. And basically from there, uh, Sabonis had fouled out late in the fourth. And so um, I, I think Metsu might, might have come in I I forgot specifically, but, uh, Trey Lyles closed as the five in the, in the overtime. And Mm. basically he kind of neutralized Rudy Gobert because Rudy, he hit, he basically hit one three. And after that one three, Rudy was afraid to help off of Trey Lyles and, you know, the paint started to open up. And then also Trey pump faked him and had a monster and one dunk on him and, Basically, that was kind of the cushion that they needed. Keegan also hit a hit a huge three to to put him up three and kind of just start the beginning of the end for the wolves. And yeah, like really good like OT uh period for the Kings. Again, just kind of util- you, you having Trey Lyle step up again in a much needed game, just kind of showed you the value that he can bring to this team, basically.
1: Yeah. It seemed like we were more aggressive especially with um you know gobert out there uh not like last game where it seemed like every time we drive in we gotta think about it before we shoot it
0: yeah and and it's in some cases during this game it still happened but like the you know i'm not saying that it was a good thing that sabonis fouled out but like you they wouldn't have been able to play this way like if sabonis was still in i don't think just because, like, even if Sabonis hits a three, I still don't think Rudy goes out there to like guard him the way that he would betray Trey Lyles. So, but it, it does show you like the, the kind of the limit, despite just how good Rudy was during this game. You know, he really does have def- defensive deficiencies. Like, if you can like make him come out, to, come out to three.
1: Hmm. I see. Uh, speaking about Sabonis, and sorry to go off topic. Uh, what happened with the technical? It's I remember seeing a highlight where he went out and he thought he was ejected but he he just came
0: straight back out. So yeah, that was a weird one. I I was watching it too and I didn't I didn't know what happened, but uh, so what happened was he was arguing with the ref. He got the first technical and then afterwards he he heard another whistle I think as he turned around and basically just uh, assumed that he was ejected. There, mm. there were some people that were saying, no, that that wasn't the case. He just uh, went into the tunnel to cool down or whatever, the, whatever. And basically, like he came back out like DeMarcus Cousins style and just got back <laughs> in the game and then fouled out a minute later. So, you know, the traditional way.
1: Uh, Speaking about that, we we were actually at that game against Portland with Demarcus.
0: We were at that game, and yeah, the, it, there's some funny moments. There's like some funny memories about that. Apparently, like it, you can almost see it like in the tunnel. Like he was just like wiping, essentially wiping away tears because he was so angry. <laughs> <laughs> because he was just so angry, just like you know, run, he's running back. You can see it like with his arms, like literally wiping away his, his just angry tears like as he's coming back out, which. I imagine like the guy that had to tell him like that would have been an adventure. He was probably breaking something in the hallway. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, um, so Sabonis, I thought had a just a weird game. Like he was, he's been pretty on edge lately. Like even though he shot seven of ten, he he just there was just a little bit of hesitancy from him. There was a little frustration building within him, and he got some really BS calls. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna like lie about that or. Not gonna mince words mince words about that, but yeah, he got some illegal screens that were called on him, and then yeah, the fight the final six foul like that was kind of a dumb foul on him. But he's just he's been a bit rattled lately, uh, just by just not getting like all the calls, and just you know, teams are kind of adjusting to him in a way. Like he's having a tough time, like you know, playing his game like he normally does.
1: Yeah, it seems that way, and I just feel like we needed. I don't know. I, I feel like we could also adjust as well, uh, in my opinion. But
0: uh, what do you think? Just... There, there is an adjustment to be made. Like, this is kind of where the Kings, this they're they're not used to being in this position. Now they're the guys that, like, guys are coming after. Guys are, you know, coming out with a scouting report. Like, look at, look at the Raptors. They basically said, all right, just use your length and just basically try your best to disrupt Sabotis. And everything kind of trickles down after that. And yeah, that's what they did. And k- teams are going to do this. They're, go- they're gonna They're going to scout out the Kings, and they're going to try and take away their first option, which is Sabonis at the elbow. And they're just going to have to find a way to adjust. Sabonis is going to find a way to adjust. Everyone else is going to have to like play play along with him.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, especially moving, <laughs> moving when you see Sabonis having the ball and looking around, like try to get open uh, somewhere. I would all oh, I would say.
0: Yeah. Like the way I would say is like, look at what Jokic does. The The way, the way Denver's offense is structured, when they double him, there is a guy that cuts to a certain spot and there are open shooters all around. But like that guy that's cutting, that actually opens up the three. It, it's beautiful what they do. So it's something along those lines. I feel like that, they, you know, Sabonis is going to have to figure it out. He he's getting doubled more. He's just not getting like the favorable whistles. Let's be honest. And you know, it, it's an adjustment period. He'll find it. He's oh, yeah. too good of a player not to find it. Mm-hmm. Uh So Barnes uh, wins the DPOY for the third time this game. Uh I'll be honest, on offense, he was he was not good for the most part. He just couldn't really find his rhythm. And, but, like, on defense, he got quite a few steals, especially off of Anthony, Anthony Edwards. And I, I'll get to Anthony Edwards. But, like, yeah, he was really good on the help side and just, you know, Despite just struggling, he found a way to contribute, so very well-deserved for uh, HB.
1: Mm, I see. That's good for him.
0: Uh, And and then I'll just kind of end my, I guess, recap before we move on to the individual players. Like, the Kings showed again that they can win these kinds of ugly games. Uh, Their offense really waxes and wanes, and it really wanes, it seems, on the road, it seems like. And when their offense is on, they can compete with just about any team in the league when their offense just isn't like isn't it's just not happening you can lose to a team like minnesota and make no mistake minnesota is a bad team and they were in a bit of a dogfight with this team they did they did get a little hot but it's because the kings just could not hit a three it's just one of those weird games
1: Hmm. i mean there's always other ways to play offense and it definitely helps that the bench or you know yeah the bench pretty much
0: you know showed up I would say for the most part yeah the bench was really good and the bench was actually good last game it's just it's just that the other team the other team was just hot from three that's Mm -hmm. really the only difference and yeah in this game like the Wolves did not shoot as well and like yeah they lost because of it basically
1: Mm -hmm. uh
0: let's get to let's get to the individual players so the starters very lopsided in terms of like uh in terms of production you basically have fox and bonus, and then the t- harrison had eight points but you know again played great defense keegan hit some big shots but like you know was just kind of around for most of the game and kevin Herter had a really bad game one for seven basically got got benched in the third quarter and never came back they uh that's kind of where they opted to play a td instead and like malik so yeah, just not a good game for the starters with the exception of Fox, Sabonis, and Murray.
1: Hmm, I see. I mean, it's it's one of those games for Herder. Hopefully he comes back, you know, shooting hot I think
0: I think he will. It's, he, and he tried to like make, make some plays. He, like his one make was like a floater that he, you know, managed to kind of like, they, the defense basically didn't pick him up and like he just shot a floater in the lane. He's a smart player. He'll figure it out. But yeah, the three isn't dropping right now. So he's going to just have to find something else. Um, The bench was, again, huge. TD made his return, had eight points and a plus 16. Uh, Malik, 19 and five. Like really good, like really good scoring game. You know, good assist. Did have five turnovers. I I don't love that. But, you know, sometimes you just got to live with Malik's mistakes. And in this game, he produced and, you know, he he kind of he set Trey up for those buckets in overtime. And and like the one dunk from uh Fox, but like the two big ones were from uh, Malik.
1: Mm. Yeah, definitely drove the, to the room at will. And it was like most of the time. I mean, Rudy wasn't really around <laughs> at all. So it pretty much helped him, uh, you know, drive in pretty easily.
0: Yeah, whenever Rudy was away from the basket, like, it was game over. Like, oh, the Wolves yeah. defense is very reliant on him, much like the Utah Jazz. I'll get to that later. But, yeah, like, if you can pull Rudy out of the paint, it's GG. Or, or like, if Trey hits his three, like, it's GG. He has to help now. He he has to stay on Trey and not help at the rim. And that's kind of what won uh, the Kings the OT. And, you know, mm-hmm. talking about Trey Lyles, 11, 11 points, took it to Rudy in OT. Just, again, just the professional player, just knows what to do. And I t- I'll be honest, I totally forgot about this. We got him for Marvin Bagley, basically.
1: Ah, geez. Ah, man, that was a while ago. Wait, where was he before? Because I didn't remember he was in Detroit. In,
0: the... in Detroit. Was he Detroit?
1: Geez. <gasps> I, I, all I remember is that he was at Utah at one point, but after that, I didn't know where else he went.
0: I always thought of the Marvin Bagley trade as the, as us getting back Dante DiVincenzo because it like Marvin, like when he got traded, was a sunk cause at that point. He basically had no value. And I was like, Oh, you got Dante DiVincenzo out of it. And Dante ended up leaving. So it basically ended up becoming a nothing trade, but lost in that trade was Josh Jackson and and Trey Lyles. (laughs) Like, you know, Trey Lyles, He's been really good. And I actually really liked him last year too. I thought he was like a big kind of like not a, he's not like, he's not really a wing, but he's like a big forward who's like tough on rebounds and can do some stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's really been able to produce. And yeah, uh, again, being able to just salvage the Marvin Bagley situation. I I totally forgot that he was actually almost a throw in in that trade. Yeah. And he's definitely
1: a smart player uh, in terms of what, Right, he knows what he could do and what he could provide for our team in that sense.
0: Yeah, he knows what he is. He doesn't try to do too much, and when he does do stuff, like he does it, like he knows his capabilities, and you know he'll make a play when he needs to. And in this game, he he made plenty of plays.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, the bench combined to score uh, forty five points in this game to the Wolves twenty nine. Uh, the the Kings had, so last game they had twenty six. The previous game to the Wolves twenty one. So says a lot more about the Wolves than it does about the Kings, honestly. But the 45 points were huge this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, really low assist game for the Kings. Usually not a good thing. But, you know, individual brilliance from Fox and Monk really kind of turned this game around. For, or, like, turned the game in, in the favor of uh of the Kings. Like, Sabonis only had one assist. Yeah. Like, that's actually pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Was he, like, kind of in and out because of foul trouble?
0: i think it was more because no one could hit a three oh <laughs> yeah. the kings the kings hit nine threes they hit one in the first half
1: Ew. yeah that's right one for 14 you say
0: some it was either one for 13 or one for 14 i don't remember but yeah they made one
1: yeah that's not good
0: <laughs> not good at all so yeah i think that has something to do with it but yeah just the you know to, kings were able to overcome it so we don't have to talk about that too much mm-hmm. uh, Kings scored twenty-one points off turnovers from the uh, Wolves. Eighteen turnovers. Kings now. Kings had twelve turnovers, but the Wolves are only able to score nine nine points off of them. Last game, the the Wolves had twenty turnovers, and the Kings scored twenty-one. And same thing, they scored the Wolves scored eight points off nine turnovers from the Kings. So Wolves very sloppy with the ball. That seems to be a consistency. But we'll, we'll get to that. Mm. Um, main difference this game though. The the wolves shot way worse from three and were a little bit worse overall. And the Kings like didn't really shoot that much better. They shot a teeny bit better overall, but that was basically the game. They they just the the wolves did not get the amount of threes that they normally got. Well, particularly from D'Angelo. We'll talk about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, what was DO last time? Wait, seven for ten, I want to say. Uh,
0: I forgot. God, I can check I, it right
1: now. I know for sure in the first half, he was like seven for seven. Or he he was perfect, pretty much, for the first half in terms of scoring. Had 28, I want to say, in the first half. And the rest of <laughs> the game. And perfect of game. D'Angelo Russell, like zero points in the second half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I literally felt like he was, like, non-existent in that sore of sense. And, yeah, I really uh, suppressed with this game in terms of his uh, – I guess, confidence in terms of uh, playing around us.
0: Yes, yeah, seven for nine last game from three. Um, this game, he was, uh, I think, four. No, he was two for two for, two for 10. Two yeah, for 10, yeah. Pretty bad. And just, yeah, he's he's a guy that's always kind of like, I've always never really loved just because he can't create easy buckets. That's his main thing. He He's basically, if his jump shot isn't on, he doesn't have anything else. Like he's not good at getting, he's not good at, you know, drawing free throws. He's not good at getting to the basket and he relies on the jump shot. And in this, like in a game like this, where they really could have used them, his jump shot just wasn't on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wolves are also terrible from the line, 13 for 25. Kings weren't exactly much better. So it didn't, it was, it didn't become as much of an advantage, but yeah, like Wolves were very, very bad from the free throw line.
1: Uh well, seeing Dwo hit zero for free, and
0: wow, Anthony Edwards one for four. no well, I think like three of them were and ones too. So, oh, it, it, like I think had two and ones, and then one where he just drew a foul. But it, that's another thing with kind of Anthony Edwards that does not impress me his 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 basket game. I'll just say that. Mm, I see. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Wolves. Rudy, for as much as shit, as much shit as I give him he's a real rim protector and he disrupts so much at the rim, but he does have very glaring holes in his defense. And it's, it's just not going to get any better at this point. Like the Trey Lyles showed and like no shade to Trey and Trey Lyle's can neutralize you <laughs> at the five. And that's really, really bad. Like he he's not like Trey Lyle's is a good player and he's like a good theoretical pick and pop guy. But, like, if Trey Lyles can, like, run circles around you as a as the five, like, that's just, that's bad.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, at least his game, in terms of offense, was, it's good. It was good from the highlights that I saw. I mean, he got through some bonus. A lot but, of dunks. Yeah, a lot of dunks. Might, might as Frusa well be the bonus. dunk contest. Yeah. Uh, Just happened to shoot five for 10 from free throw. But I mean, that's, I felt like that was kind of expected from him.
0: Yeah. He, I thought he was fine for the most part. I'm not going to, it's not his fault that they lost this game. But again, again, just being at the five and just not being able to abuse Trey Lyles on the offensive end and getting just basically neutralized by him on the defensive end, that's pretty bad. And again, Mm -hmm. five draft picks. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so D'Lo, as I mentioned, pretty bad. Just didn't have it tonight. Like again, the the Kings coming out so physical to start the game, I think really actually affected him, and he, basically he couldn't he couldn't snap out of it. Four for sixteen this game, and yeah, two for ten from three, and the two he hit were kind of the of the bullshit variety, much in D'Lo way in D-Lo style. But yeah, uh, in in a game where just his his jump shot isn't falling, his he's awful on defense like that final breakdown uh where trey got the dunk from fox like that was that was Delo's fault <laughs> so you know it, it's just yeah this is a really bad game from Delo.
1: Mm, i
0: mean it's just to be expected from here anyway, every now and then all right ant-man is just like okay so i had to listen over the summer from b-ball breakdown i love b-ball breakdown okay but he has some wild-ass takes every now and then. And he said, Anthony Edwards is going to be a top three MVP candidate. Okay. Probably I, <laughs> I can see why he would have said that. Because of, because much like a lot of national guys, he only saw Ant in the playoffs. And Ant in the playoffs was really, really good. But I watched this game, and he had six turnovers the game. I sh- I shit you not. Three of those turnovers were literally him essentially just giving the ball to, to the Kings. Legitimately, literally, like they didn't even put any pressure on him. He literally dribbles it off his foot. He he literally. I think I what on one play like comes down the court, uh, clocks winding down, and literally just s- the ball just slips out of his hands to De'Aaron Fox for no reason. And that fi- and one of the final possessions before the Jaden McDaniels three, he randomly. Like, he gets kind of stuck up in the air, and Harrison Barnes, like, very smartly gets his hand on the ball. He just, there's this weird sloppiness with him, and, you know, it's just growing pains with him. But, like, he he just does, like, weird shit. It's like, it's Russell Westbrook, Dylan Brooks levels of just weird shit just happens when he has the ball. And then his finishing. His finishing is very, It di- I was very unimpressed. Like, I'm not trying to be a dick or anything, but very unimpressive. Like, I just thought he w- he w- he could, like, bowl his way to the rim a lot better. Or, like, honestly, like, I thought he was a lot craftier going to the rim with, like, you know, t- like, really slow two-steps. Like, a lot like De'Aaron does or, like, Harrison Barnes. But, no, he just kind of puts his head down and just tries to, just tries to, like, draw a foul, which he doesn't get a lot of for better or for worse. And he just kind of throws up an ugly layup a lot of the time, and yeah, like if if his step back three isn't isn't going in, it's not he's not doing a whole lot out there. If that makes any sense.
1: Mm, I see. I I don't really pay attention to uh, his finishing too much because I mean, last game it was pretty much mostly dunks. <laughs> I mean, it it should be an automatic two points right there, but. Uh... Other than that, I mean, his, yeah, I, I, don't know. He's now the star of this team, so if he doesn't do well, he did well. It's just that can he can't really carry this team? I guess you could say.
0: Yeah, he's not. He's not ready for that yet. Again, just silly ass turnovers for no reason. And I, I might have I might have caught him at a bad game like maybe just his hands were a little off but again the the finishing really disappointed me i just thought like he was a lot much better finisher but he more of a more or less is a guy that bolts to the rim more more than you know any kind of crafty skilled finisher just yet he'll Mm. get there but like i he really did not impress me with just basically last game like it was just a lot of step back threes that he happened to hit and you know in this game it didn't fall as well or it didn't fall as much and His game kind of bogged down, even though he scored, I think, the same amount of points, but like he was not as effective as you think he would. Although I will say he did get into a duel with De'Aaron Fox. And De'Aaron Fox kind of won the war, but like he kind of went toe to toe with De'Aaron in the clutch. But again, just little things. He he's he's not ready yet.
1: Hmm, I see uh let's see what else how how was his mid-range because i remember his mid-range was pretty okay you know, last he, game
0: he had an insane mid-range like he had a few like really again, get to like he went toe-to-toe with De'Aaron in the fourth basically the, those final few possessions there was one play where he, i think he went at um harrison barnes got by him sabonis steps up he crosses back and keegan murray is helping from the side and he just pulls up for a mid-range, like over three guys. So, like, he does superstar shit. It's just that he's got to iron out the bullshit with, with, you know, with, again, the random turnovers and just, the again, the less than impressive finishing.
1: Yeah. Like I said, he's not the guy that would, you know, carry the team. It, it needs to be uh, getting help from the rest of the team, <laughs> uh, especially duo. In it, this sense,
0: it's almost like you should have not traded for Rudy Gobert instead, you know, built around Anthony Edwards and not cover up for Carl Anthony Towns. Mm, I, I forgot Cat was still out at this game. Oh, yeah. The 200, the 200 million dollar man. Yeah. Yeah. Forgot about mm. that guy. Huh. Weird. Um. Anyways, uh, last person I'll talk about. Jalen Noel had some good moments as kind of that microwave scorer he had some really bullshit finishes where he literally just puts his head down and just throws something up and it happened to go in this game. He he's, you know, no, this is no disrespect to him. He's kind of a poor man's Karis Levert in a in a way, not a, not really a passer kind of just, you know, goes to the rim and gets buckets.
1: Yeah. I, I remember that one. Uh, was it, I guess you could say circus shot where he just <laughs> drove in white to max speed and just threw it up
0: and literally yeah just kind of almost looked like he's the ball slipped out of his hands and then it just went in like just the dumbest finishes i've seen in a while Mm -hmm. okay to change up the subject a little bit uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the refs i'll i will be the first to admit refs have been pretty bad okay for the for the basically for most of the season they they've blown a lot of calls you know games have even been decided like by a by a bad call or two you know some of them are very arrogant even uh, about like how they did not blow a call like the kevin hurter one where the guy just looked at it nope nope clay thompson did not value at all i saw nothing and then to come out a little like the next day say oh yeah we fucked up but my point that i'm trying to make right now is that Fans gotta relax. Now I know like a lot, I know probably listeners are probably thinking, really? We gotta relax? The refs have been so bad at making the right call. Look, I'm not here to defend the refs. They've been bad, but it is it's part of the game. Okay? It's just part of the game. They're not like nobody's perfect. Refs are gonna blow some calls. But more often than not, it's not what causes the, uh, team A or team B to lose. They usually have done something to put themselves in that position to make to let the refs decide the game first. And also, it happens to every single team. It's not my team. Look, I'm a Kings fan. I like I always have stuff to complain about the refs. Like you know, two thousand and two. Uh, as as for mention uh, the aforementioned, uh, the Kevin Herter foul, um, the Tyler hero, you know, shuffling of the feet, the Jaden McDaniels travel. That was really weird during the, uh, during the Timberwolves game that I don't think was a trap. I didn't think was a travel in real time, but look, every team gets the same kind of raw deal from the refs. It happens. It's part of the game. Referees make mistakes. It's just part of the game, and I'm ready to move on. Mm-hmm.
1: Thoughts? Well, I mean, the more we think about the game, or more on the refs, more like it. The more we tend to, you know, blame the refs if we do is, but if we happen to somehow win, we don't blame the refs. <laughs> we just uh now move we give on.
0: credit to the players. The players did yeah. that shit.
1: Oh yeah. So yeah, I mean. Of course, we notice the refs are, for some reason, getting worse and worse in uh, some sort of sense. But like I said, it, the more we focus on it, the, the more, you know, we get angry. And then just, I mean, just this season, me knowing that there's actually a two-minute report, it just makes you even more, you know, agitated. Because
0: okay. I actually have a question for you. Finish your thought. But uh, I have a question for you about the two-minute report.
1: Oh okay, but uh, I mean, it's just that we can't reverse whatever has been called, and we just gotta move on. Now, if it were to be like a big game, I don't know. I feel like it'd be uh, a little different story.
0: About the two-minute report, do you think that should just that that it should be a thing or no?
1: I would say get rid of it. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, like it. It just is irritating to see or hear that, oh, yes, <laughs> we it's our bad. <laughs> we made the mistake that should have been a foul or that shouldn't been, you know, a foul or this or that. I think we should get rid of the two-minute report, in my opinion, because it it's just feeds the fuel of, you know, angry fans uh, blaming the refs on, uh, you know, a game that could have been uh, turned around like somewhere earlier in a quarter, possibly.
0: I look. I get the original intention of the two-minute report. It's meant to like you know say, "Oh my bad!" Like we acknowledge our mistake. We're holding ourselves accountable. In practice, what it actually does is it literally is built to just piss <laughs> piss fans off, because like okay, you you made the wrong call. My bad. Really? That's that's all I'm gonna get from you guys? My bad. We're gonna do better next time and then find out like two weeks later they make the same mistake, probably. Like it's just it's just there to kind of agitate fans. And also the the most frustrating ones are the ones where the refs in the two-minute report say something is correct, even though to basically any viewer with eyes that it is an incorrect call. Uh, go back to uh, the Jazz game where Lowry Market hits that crazy shot. Now, um, De'Aaron Fox hits the game-winning layup, but the possession before, Lowry Markenden gets fouled by Keegan Murray on a three. Now, if you look at the replay, there's no contact on the arm, and Lowry kicks his legs out to draw contact on Keegan Murray, which, by the way, should be an offensive foul. In the two-minute report, that was the correct call.
1: Ah, oh, really? I didn't notice that, or I didn't read the tournament report for that because you know we won. <laughs>
0: so yeah, so here's the thing: it is either there to piss you off because they got a got a call wrong, or it's to piss you off even more when they don't even bother to admit that they're wrong. And it's just it, it's a stupid thing that really they should just get rid of. There's no mm. there's no point of, of it being around because it's built to just piss people off.
1: Ah, uh, yeah. Now. If there were to be an overtime game, would they also include a two minute report for that ot yes, yes. it's a, oh, it's wow.
0: last two minutes and uh whatever ot is
1: wow, really? oh, I see it does it doesn't even... jeez, uh, I see
0: it's it, it's an adventure like and then also there's like the replay thing where like you know they clear like they're they seem to be very hesitant to like change a call a lot of the time. And then they like, for example, let's just say like the ball is out of bounds on someone and then, but then on the replay, you found out that the guy got fouled. And that's what led to the out of bounds, sometimes they won't, they will still say it's out of bounds and the foul did occur, but we can't review that. Whatever, whatever the fuck that means. So like, it's just that, that goes to another thing with review as well. But yeah, the last two minute report is stupid and you know, ultimately I don't, I just don't put too much stock in the refs. They, they're, they're there for, they're there to kind of officiate the game and whatever happens, happens with them. I think fans got to have to accept that when you say let the refs cost you a game, there are 10 more things that you can name that the team did to themselves that put themselves in that position to allow the refs to decide the game. That's just where I'm at with, with the refs it is what it is i'm i'm just ready to move on and just fans gotta just stop blaming everything on refs because you gotta hold the players accountable like that's that's the that's you know the be, the, the the beginning of the end uh, or like no that's the wrong word that that's the end all be all like it's it's on the players to be to be able to execute and be able to win these games so the refs are the refs are just kind of part of that and whatever happens with them just happens with them it's on the players, and I just don't get the anger that's always directed towards ref. And I'm on King's Twitter, so there's just so much talk about referees, that, referees, that. It's just part of the game. I've just accepted it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. That being said, now, uh, there was a game with the Lakers versus Boston where on the final possession, Jason Tatum clearly fouls the shit out of LeBron. Okay, he clearly fouls the shit out of them. There's no debate there. And LeBron freaks out and Patrick Beverly is over here grabbing camera, showing the referee um, that, you know, LeBron did indeed get fouled. That's all fun and all. But then the reaction, The by the way, someone pointed it out, like LeBron, you can actually see in that reaction at one point goes down onto his knees and, you know, he looks up. And some people kind of came up with the conspiracy theory. He's checking on the the jumbotron to make sure the cameras on it are on him, so that he can make a big scene out of it. Now I, I don't. I'll be honest. I don't fully buy into that. But LeBron is a bit of a diva when it comes to these things, and I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them to do that. And, but you know, it like the the reaction to it, and then the complaining afterwards about the the deck is stacked against the Lakers. Huh? You're the fucking Lakers. You're talking about revs being the like costing you games? Welcome to the fucking NBA. How about that? You, you you get the same bullshit treatment that weekend. How about that? Welcome to welcome to the rest of the NBA. That's just ridiculous. It look, it happens to every single team. You're no you, you just found out that you're not that special. However, the refs did show you that you're a little special because they apologized to you and they said that they, they have sleepless nights for missing that call.
1: Huh, really? Yeah, they <laughs> they, they issue was... they issued
0: they, issued a, they issued an apology. I, I don't have the I don't have the quote in front of me, but basically they're saying like referees make mistakes too. We lose sleep over bad calls.
1: Huh, that's interesting <laughs> to say for the most part. But yeah, I, I I don't know. It's that's like it's something you should be able to move on. But you know, being LeBron, he like you said, just made it such a big deal to the point where you know the national media has to cover something with it. And you know, he it he, all re- comes he
0: recreated up- 2016 basically when he won the <laughs> title. You know, on <laughs> his knees, head down, elbows up, elbows on the floor. <laughs> oh. just, like that was, a, that was a little extra, like, it, yeah. and and again, to go into, to, you know, go into the press conference and say, like, you know, the refs are stacking the deck against us. Yeah, you can fuck off with that. I'm sorry. Like, refs, that, look, really bad no call. You, LeBron clearly got fouled. It happens. It happens to every single team. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just say that.
1: And sadly with that, it just fuels the anger within the Lakers fan base even more.
0: Which is whatever. It, it's it's honestly not that, that dissimilar to every single fan base. It's a big fan base. That's the only difference. Yeah. I, again, I'll just say, you guys are the fucking Lakers. You guys don't <laughs> get to complain about the refs. Okay?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. All right. To go back to the Kings... Uh, Just to quickly talk about some trade rumors, as the trade deadline approaches, we have, I believe, seven more days. And then Mm -hmm. that's it. And so far, nothing has happened. (laughs) So, you know, we'll see if anything happens. I think something will happen. I don't know what it is. But in terms of the Kings, uh, Mark Stein reported that in his Substack that uh, Kings are, quote-unquote, monitoring the situation on Matisse-Dible.
1: Hmm. Interesting, interesting. It's just that what, what are we really going to give up for him?
0: I'm actually not even that worried about that. Like, I assume like a second round pick or like two second round picks, and then probably one of TD or Alex Len. My thing is more of the question of you have Casey Apollo, which is kind of what Matisse is. Matisse is a better version of that, of course, probably. So, I don't really get the fascination with. Matisse dybel Although, granted, it just says they're monitoring, doesn't really mean anything. But is it really? Does this team need a Matisse dybel How about that? Most
1: likely. Well, he's going to be most likely coming off the bench, just like how he is uh, with the 76ers. Yeah, but. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Like, in my opinion, like, defense is nice, but as of right now, we're pretty darn inconsistent in terms of our offense and that's where i would uh, you know switch to focus on we just need uh some sort of like what's the word uh, i'm just gonna say
0: push for uh, offense for now i think the offense should be fine i think once everyone gets into the rhythm again i think it's my, i think it might be a road thing more than anything but mm-hmm. like um but the idea of like a matisse-dible of, of a defensive specialist that can't really shoot or, pr- you know, provide much of anything on offense. Like, that's kind of what KZ Akpala is. And, again, Matisse is probably a better version of that. But seeing as, KZ, seeing as KZ can't really get any minutes, I don't really see that being much better when you get Matisse. Now, Matisse probably does, like, get more minutes because he is better. But, ultimately, I don't see this being, a, a, like, a big move or anything. And, like, honestly... I'll say that I don't see I don't I see it as a bit of a pointless move, although I said that about Malik when we had T D, like I didn't think adding Malik would help, and we also had Buddy at that point too, so it was really like a, a, a what's it called a clog, a, or, or a log jam at, at that position. So I thought like, so I thought that was like you know like an upgrade from TD to Malik Monk is like negligible but i've been wrong on that so who knows like Matisse could be really good for this team he is a he is a defensive he is a defensive playmaker so you know i he could he could work on this team i personally am not the biggest like advocate for it but it, i can see it working maybe let's see uh, how
1: how tall is he like i could see him I, maybe playing a small ball five for us
0: maybe I think he'd be a four. If I remember right, he's like a he's like six six. If I remember right,
1: Ooh, uh, yeah, that's a shorter end. He
0: is six five listed. Oh, even shorter. Oh, jeez. But he can guard big because he he is like a he is a really good defender. Like he's guard he's out there guarding KD and stuff. he blocked KD's jump shot before. Think about that. Mm, that's right. Can he do it again though? With us? Possibly. Well, you never know. Yeah, he's listed as a shooting guard. That's a that's interesting. Oh, that's that's weird. I thought he was listed as a forward. Well, he plays forward a lot of the time. He probably came in as a shooting guard, and they just never ch- the positions are weird. They're, it's all stupid. Mm, yeah. So, interesting uh, tidbit about Matisse Dibble. Keep an eye on that. I think the Kings are going to make a small move. We'll see what it is. But uh, another guy that mentioned by James Ham and uh, Sean Cunningham on uh, their Kings Beat podcast today, Josh Richardson is also someone the Kings are interested in.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. Has he doing, been doing well? All I remember is that he did pretty decent against us when uh, we played in uh, against the Spurs.
0: He's been fine for the most part. Like he, I think he's shooting well from there. I shoot 36% from three, 43% hmm. of the field. That's not bad. Yeah. Like I I am not I'm going to be honest I'm not the biggest fan of him because he's one of those like more de- more defensively focused players that happens to play a little offense but on uh, on a good team it works but on a on kind of a lesser team it's just it just kind of means he doesn't really do anything so mm-hmm. I don't know I'm not the biggest fan of him but I I don't hate it if you can get him for nothing
1: Yeah if if it were like what maybe a second round pick
0: yeah, like a second I, I round probably, pick or two and like you know give him Rashawn shot or something. Yeah,
1: I would do it, I would say, in my opinion, but um I don't know. I, I would have to look uh, at him more because he's still, you know, what six like a shorter end uh, shooting guard, right? So he's
0: listed at six six. Really? Six six. I swear to god, I thought he was six four just looking at no, him. No, I literally I thought he was yeah, around that area too. I don't know. Like, they measure these guys when they get into the league, and, like, they've, they're they very inconsistent about measuring guys' height. So, you just – I mean, we play them tomorrow, although it says he's out, so I don't know if he'll play tomorrow. But, you know, um, it, it'd be interesting. Like, he he is he is the, definitely a guy that can play and can contribute. I just I, – he's not going to be a needle mover, I don't think. Mm, no, definitely not. Yeah, so – that's all the news that I'm hearing so far as the trade deadline approaches. Uh, we'll see if there's more things to come along, I guess, in the next week or two.
1: Yeah, definitely there'll be a lot more moves uh, uh, coming in in the next, uh, you said,
0: what is it? February 7th, right? February 7th, I'm pretty sure. Oh, mm-hmm. Let me check. NBA trade deadline.
1: Yeah. It's so the 9th. Far- Sorry, it's the 9th. Oh, oh it's the 9th. Yeah, so far, I mean, the literally the last trade we've heard is, you know, really Hatchimura and nothing has come up other than rumors. If I were to ask you, is there going to be a big trade? Would you say yes or no? I want to say no at this point. I don't know why. I, I, I just have a gut feeling that there's not going to be a big trade. Are you talking about for us or in the NBA? In the NBA. I'm going to say no. I don't know why. Just a gut feeling that. Not many big moves are gonna happen, just uh smaller moves, maybe like uh, I, I I just don't know. It, it feels like a lot of teams would need something big, but they have to give up something big to get that what player, yeah, iconally. Like,
0: yeah, with everyone kind of jumbled, like it like especially the West, for example, like everyone's kind of jumbled together, like they're still in the play-in like you like you said i guess you just you don't want to like sell off your parts and start tanking you're actually too far away to actually tank anymore Mm -hmm. and like you're kind of right there like one or two more wins kind of like takes you from was it the 12th seed to all the way to like the sixth seed within like a matter of a few a few days so like they're not like completely out of it a lot of teams so like there's no reason for them to sell off their guys so it's gonna be tricky but I do see a star being moved hmm Ed, do you
1: have a star in mind that's gonna be moved
0: one okay like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna like say this is my own original idea I've been just hearing it on so many podcasts uh Zach Levy. oh huh, really
1: so
0: what team I don't know uh, I mean, we'll see if your prediction is right then. You know okay. what? If I'm correct, I look like a fucking genius, even though it's been said on so many podcasts. And if I'm wrong, ain't nobody going to remember.
1: <laughs> yeah, for
0: me, I I can't see
1: it happening yet.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we'll see what happens in the coming days. Uh, by the way, the, because the Wolves lost to us, they dropped down from the fifth seed all the way to the ninth.
1: Oh, my gosh. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. That's how jumbled everything is. Yeah, that's crazy. Jeez.
0: All right. The Kings defeat the San Antonio Spurs, 119-109 to in San Antonio. They took care of business. They played well enough to win. They were out. So here I have the Carmichael Dave tweet. They were out-rebounded. They were fuck me. I can I am having trouble finding this damn tweet. Motherfucker, I should have had this up,
1: huh? Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I guess.
0: You know what? Bear with me. Live podcasting right here. Maybe I'll cut this part out. I don't know. But uh, you know what? We'll 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 keep it in. Because I am a silly man and forgot to get it out. Okay. They were outshot from the field, from three, from the line, out rebounded, out assisted, and they won by 10. Not not too bad at all, but it was not the prettiest of games, to say the least.
1: Uh yeah. I mean, overall, I mean, especially from Sabonis and Fox, a very great game, and even Monk in some ways too, because uh, what he he actually got going, and you know, it's been a, quite a while for me personally since I've seen Monk uh kind of get this uh good coming off the bench.
0: Yeah, I thought just, I mean, uh, like maybe, maybe, uh, maybe bat, like a uh, ugly is like going a little too far. There were a lot of scoring, but I want to see more, a little more defense this game. And granted, the other team only scored 109, which is, you know, by today's standards, that's, that's Detroit Pistons. That's 04 Pistons right there. Hmm. But, you know, I just thought the Kings should have put this team away a lot earlier. And in the second quarter, like, they should have probably like blown the game open there but they just could not this is just becoming a bit of an issue they just seem they're they're just not scoring well on the road it seems
1: yeah uh i'd say so i feel like it's more of a team thing like of course like i said those three guys were kind of like the i guess <laughs> I mean they they played well it's just the rest of the team didn't like really follow suit in any way just couldn't hit any uh, good open shots
0: and you know it's it's good that the stars scored like um you know fox at 31 De, DeMontes his season high 34 I, I wonder what his career high is actually uh, i could search it up yeah you can search it up and monk uh put in 22 points so it's good that you managed to get you know, these three guys to really produce and Harrison Barnes contributed 14, but the, you look at the rest of the team, the next highest, uh, after Harrison Barnes is 14 is Kevin Herter with five points and Trey Lyles with five points. It's, it's just not a lot of production all around. And the thing that's just a, a bit more frustrating is like a lot of them are good looks and the Kings just are not hitting their threes. They're just, this is not shooting well. And, you know, against Against, you know, the San Antonio Spurs and the Minnesota Timberwolves, you can kind of survive because they're, I guess Minnesota's a lot more talented, but they just, they just don't know how to harness it as well. Like San Antonio literally just doesn't have the horses to be able to compete with you. And when you go up against a better team, like say New Orleans later, or like hell the Indiana Pacers later on, they, you might, you might fuck around and find out real soon.
1: Mm Hmm. Yeah, hopefully we can. I mean, uh, get back to you know, free point shooting form because early in the season we we've been like wiped out in terms of free point uh, shooting. I think we had some uh, franchise records being broken. I I want to say, but I can't be sure. But I kind of toned down as of like recently, especially in the since it started this year. I would say.
0: Like, I mean, they, they've been, they were okay in the month of January, but it just seems like everyone go like, there's at least always one guy going through a slump at some point. And right now it's Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter is going through a, a pretty big slump. He only had one, he was two for five this game, had one three and got, again, benched basically in the second half, this time for Malik Monk. You know, ho- hopefully he his, he's keeping his spirits high. I think he will find his rhythm back. I don't think this is anything major, but Mike Brown wants to win right now, and Kevin Herter just isn't producing and He's kind of symptomatic of just the entire team not shooting all that will.
1: Yeah, I mean, luckily Monk was the one that, you know, kind of mitigated uh, Kevin Herter's performance today. But yeah, hopefully we'll see more of him uh, probably in the later games.
0: Uh, For those of you that didn't watch the game, like the the game started out very similarly to the Minnesota game. Uh, The Kings came out physical. I thought they were really, really good on defense. And one guy that sticks out to me, especially is De'Aaron Fox. He was aggressive, like with his hands, getting deflections. And it's like, yeah, just overall great energy, just being physical. And the rest of the team, like they were rotating pretty well, like being early in helped position the transition defense is really the only sore spot for me. And sometimes the rotations can be a bit slow, but overall I thought the defense was really good to start. But the issue was they managed to, they they managed to kind of let like after a while, their defense wanes a little bit. That's just kind of who they are. But then like their offense, just like they weren't hitting threes and they and had, they just hit a few more open threes. This, this game could have been over probably by halftime, but right now they're in a bit of a funk on the offensive end, but I like that they're coming out really, really aggressive early in the game to just kind of set the tone and kind of, you know, like kind of stop the team in their tracks and like they don't get hot early. And, you know, it gives you like just enough to be able to kind of survive, like, you know, later on in the game. Oh, yeah, that's for sure. Uh, and then uh, after basically the second after uh, one half where the score was kind of close, I forgot what the score exactly was. The Kings had a lead, I think.
1: Yeah, it was like 61-54 by the half, I believe.
0: OK, so like it was a it was a close game. And then the and then it was just a back and forth game for the rest of the game all the way until the end where basically they got into a scoring battle with the Kings. and. The Kings, like, they kept going to Savonis, they kept going to Fox, and basically they were able to outduel them. You you just don't really want to go into a one-on-one battle against De'Aaron Fox in the fourth, especially if you don't got the horses. And the Kings were able to close them out. But again, you know, you, you just hope that the rest of the team finds their rhythm and, you know... Like, you don't end up having to rely on your stars absolutely going off and, you know, Malik Monk going off for 22 points and five assists. Like, I just don't think this is going to be sustainable. You need the rest of the team to step up, and hopefully they do They do at some point during this road trip because they will need it at some point.
1: Oh, yeah. It, it always feels like they always have that kind of slump during road trips. So when they do, <laughs> you know, find that rhythm. Uh, you know, we'll be waiting for them at home because I, they always play well at home, I feel.
0: Yeah, they do play a lot better at home. And the first game will be against the Luka. So, see mm. how that goes. Uh Okay, uh, any other takeaways you have from the game?
1: Well, other than the three guys that, you know, pretty much scored at will, Uh surprisingly, uh, Keegan Murray, I don't, I don't know, he, he didn't uh, hit anything tonight other than, you know, his two free throws, which, I mean, it, it's one of those games. Um, he'll probably, you know, find his rhythm again. Uh, it seems like he's the one guy I noticed the most on the road that doesn't produce
0: as much as at home, in my opinion. He he is putting the ball on the ground a little bit more, I've noticed. So that's that's becoming a bit of a thing. And, you know, he, he'll get better in years, like, you know, going forward. But right now, like, he's, he doesn't have a great handle, but like it's it's fun to see him kind of attack the rim a little bit more. Like he had a spectacular miss dunk where he basically threw it off the rim straight to Kevin Herter for a three. Mm-hmm. So there was that. But yeah, he just just one of those games. He tends to struggle a little bit on the road. Um, but yeah, this is just one of those games. Luckily, Kings were able, to, Kings were able to make up for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, let's see, anybody else that stands out to you?
1: Uh, not really. I do wish I saw more Davion out there. Um, to be honest, because I mean, his defense did play a factor in uh, guarding uh, what's his name? Uh, not Josh Jackson,
0: Kelvin Johnson, Kelvin Johnson, or oh, Josh, uh,
1: really? No, uh, I, I forgot, sorry, but. There was a guy who I felt like he uh, did pretty well on defense, but I mean, sadly, he only played 10 minutes. And at during that time, our scoring wasn't that, you know, prominent. So we have to put out Fox and Sabonis to, you know, mitigate that, uh you know, slow, uh, you know, start for the bench.
0: By the way, what was that challenge at the end? So like... <laughs> The challenge, I thought it was an offensive foul because, like, uh, what's what's his face? Stanley Johnson did elbow Keegan Murray right in the chin. Mm -hmm. So I thought it was a foul. What was the explanation? I didn't hear the explanation.
1: I couldn't hear it either, but according to commentators, it was like a double whammy. It was like we lose the – of course, we lost the challenge. We lost our timeout, and, you know, we gave him two free throws anyway because it was a – whatchamacallit, gonna call it, uh a foul on uh Kelton Johnson. So wait, Kelton Johnson? Okay.
0: Um Keegan. Right?
1: Or it was on Stanley Johnson, sorry.
0: Okay, okay. Uh yeah, Stanley Johnson drove to the rim. I thought he elbowed Keegan in the face. So and like um what's it called? Like Sabonis earlier in the game, like had a similar play where I, I hate to say it this way, but like Zach Collins' face got in the way of his elbow. Like literally, it was a normal it was a normal move, and then his face just happened to be in the path of uh DeMontis elbows, and he got called for an offensive foul. And this is that's what the challenge looked like. It looked like Stanley Johnson, just like Keegan's face was kind of in the way of the elbows, and I thought that would have been an offensive foul. But that that's that's he neither here nor there. There are uh, two Spurs I, I want to quickly talk about. Um, so I, what do you think of Josh Richardson?
1: He was pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Being, you know, uh, whatchamacallit, coming off the bench. I mean, he played it felt like he was a very good offensive threat throughout like every time he was out there against us, to
0: be honest. So, you know, you know, Trace Tracy's is about to come is about is gonna come and go soon. Would you be interested in trading for him? Like let's just say you give up two second round picks. Would you would you do that? Oh yeah, I would do it. I would do it too. I thought he was really good. And, Mm. you know, De'Aaron went off. He played pretty good defense on De'Aaron.
1: Yeah, for sure. But it just felt like De'Aaron was still scoring at will, especially in that mid-range area. Other than that, I mean, yeah, they uh, tried their best (laughs) to guard against him.
0: But, you know, like, a sign of a good defender is just like making the other guy work. And he did make De'Aaron work a little bit more. He hit, Mm -hmm. he hit quite a few shots in the face, but like, I thought he, I thought he stayed in front. I thought he contested, but De'Aaron is going to De'Aaron sometimes. So, and you know, it's good to be able to say that you you have a, you have a star on your hands and you know, all Josh Richardson can do is just do your best to contest.
1: Oh yeah. De'Aaron definitely hit some really tough shots over a lot of guys. Um, what do you think of Yaku Perl? Uh, I think he was fine for some reason, especially in the second half. I felt like uh, our guys couldn't keep in front of Yaku Perl and uh, like whoever's rolling to the rim. It felt like Sabonis was the only guy in the paint that you know tried to you know guard the rim, but we just needed to play better defense on that end. Uh, but he he definitely rolled to rim pretty well
0: against Sabonis. He's a really good player, and I don't think I don't think the Kings should trade for him per se, just because I I think his price point is just going to be too much. But like he's a really really good player, and like despite be, being a horrible free throw shooter, has a, amazing has a pretty amazing floater. I think.
1: Mm. Oh yeah, 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 that's for sure.
0: Um, the I guess the other guy we can quickly talk about, Keldon Johnson. He's good. Like, I, I, I'm i pretty sure he's kind of in the untouchable. Well, not untouchable. They're de- You're definitely not getting him without, like, say, two or three first round picks. I'm not interested in that. But he, he's a good player.
1: Yeah, it seems like him and uh, I believe it was Fox or maybe it was Monk. It seemed like they were talking some shit in, during the game. But <laughs> uh, did you see that, uh, whatchamacallit, Monk try to murder, uh, I believe, Yaka Pirtle or? Oh, John, yeah. I
0: Lawrence, saw that, yeah. I saw uh, that. Yeah, Zach Collins. By the way, I don't. Uh, I I don't. I don't think he's dirty by any means. He's definitely in the Mo Wagner camp of like do, does does a lot of little things to annoy the shit out of people. Definitely not afraid to be really, really physical and to just agitate people. Now, I don't think he's straight dirty, but he is a guy that will that will just do stuff to just irritate people, tough screens, like sneak an elbow in there somewhere in there. And then, yeah, just do his best to agitate people and also very unapologetic about it. So so that's one thing I noticed about Zach Collins. Like, it's too bad that he's been riddled with injuries, but he's a good, he's a decent enough player. And definitely a player I would be interested in if it was not for the injuries.
1: Mm, Yeah, definitely in terms of offense, I could see uh, his, like, kind of like high basketball iq uh type of sense but in terms of defense it's i mean it is a bonus but still it,
0: it, he's too you know like it, it's unfortunate he's just too small
1: too. Pretty much yeah how actually how
0: big is he he's tall he's like 6'11 but like he's he's slight. like yaka perdo was like thick mm-hmm. like he is beefy and, and like sabonis can't go through him but zach collins like just had no hope <laughs> oh yeah Okay, um anything else you want to quickly talk about the game or should we call it uh it for this game?
1: Mm, I guess so. I mean, is there any other news that we should be
0: talking about? Um, nothing that I really want to talk about. Uh the Warriors just lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves. What the fuck? Come on, Warriors. You get, get your shit together. My god, what are you guys doing? I don't know. Let's see. Did it update? Um, it did. Uh, so Warriors have dropped to the eighth seed, and Minnesota is now the seventh seed. Okay, yeah. I see it now. I yeah. think uh, I think if Phoenix loses tonight, <clears throat> they would drop to the seventh, and then Minnesota moves up to the sixth. I think that's how it works.
1: Mm, yeah, it, it sounds about right. Um, I was about to say, I mean, in other news, Tom Brady retired. So he's going to the 49ers, right? <laughs> I know. I, I literally was like, yeah, maybe in a few weeks, maybe in a few months may, uh, before, you know, um, draft happens or maybe even the season starts, uh,
0: so he, he might come back. Who,
1: who knows? Maybe he wants to spend more time with family
0: for once. But Maybe you should have spent more time before this. I'm just saying, (laughs) no, 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 like not to shade, not to shade him, but look, like I, I love basketball and I'm nowhere near anything. What Tom Brady is, but I'm just like, man, I still love football that much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, to be honest, he could have been, you know, you know, behind the scenes in terms of maybe becoming a, quarterback coach or something other than you know playing but
0: you know doesn't he he, doesn't he have like a billion dollar deal with uh what's it called with i think fox or something like as an analyst
1: something like that i don't don't know if he was if he's still gonna like pull through with that because uh knowing this i mean who who knows he he could come back for a short stand yeah i don't know I will see it to believe it once, you know, the next season starts and, you know, he doesn't play.
0: (laughs) I texted you the Mark Henry Salmon suit uh, retirement speech. That's that's basically exactly how I think this is going to go down.
1: Well, it happened last uh, season. So
0: exactly. So until like until he puts in the papers, until like they and until he's like on TV for like an entire year, I'm still not going to believe it. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: like yeah. like he could he could literally just come back and like right right before the playoffs come start and i would still not believe it yeah or I, I i wouldn't be surprised we just came back like on the last game of the regular season and then you know on, on the road to the playoffs whatever team that is
1: oh yeah we shall
0: see uh okay so kings do go to indiana on friday who will be on a second night of a back-to-back I bring that up because I feel the Kings. I think they've won one game against a team on the second night of a back-to-back, which was Memphis. Correct me if I'm wrong there, but yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Tyrese is scheduled to play against the Lakers tomorrow. Uh, Rick Carlisle said so. Probably we might or we may or may not see Tyrese. Will he be on the second night of a back-to-back after coming from after coming back from an injury? I'm not sure, but. Kings are going to need to bring their A game because they tend to blow these games where the team is on a second night of back to back. They lost to Minnesota by the way who was on a second night of back to back.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll have to see to believe it because as of right now, we haven't seen that <laughs> being proven by the Kings yet.
0: Yes, uh, we will have to see. Uh, If you don't have anything else, um, we can call this an episode. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys back on the next one. Yeah, we'll see you guys later.